1: Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a sometimesly comic book podcast. But this episode, someone could argue, not actually about comic books, because this episode is all about manga or manga, depending on how you decide to pronounce the wonderful stories that come out of Japan. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins, uh, Siobhan Coombs, uh, taking an- another, another week off. Um, but, uh, we've been speaking and I think next week is going to be the grand return of Lev Dog and Shinbone, but in her place this week, we have returning guest from last week, Connor Stevens of the Wine Moms podcast. Uh, Connor, thanks for joining us again.
2: Hello. It is delightful to be here again, but I am very excited to have Siobhan back next week. So, you know, it's the serious issues paradox.
1: Um, so Connor... Is who everyone should blame for me being someone who predominantly reads manga more than any other form of media, really. It's not even comics. It's like, I'll be playing a video game like, oh man, I could be reading manga right now. I'll be watching a movie and I'll be like, man, the manga was way better than the movie. (laughs) But you've ruined my life, is what I'm saying.
2: (laughs) But they're just just so nice and they got the nice additions and you can just throw your life away. It's fine.
1: Yeah, so I guess my big, uh, the bigger addictive, uh, you know, the, 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 what got me hooked was uh, the Shonen Jump app, um, which launched in in Australia and I think the rest of the world at the end of 2018. Um, and then I spent the first quarter of 2019 reading all of One Piece on my iPad on the Shonen Jump app. It's $2.99 a month for just everything they've ever published with like a few a few things like a few actually a few very very like noticeable things missing but hopefully one day we'll see more things added to it um but yeah i read all of one piece and then i moved straight into like some newer manga that that they'd published on shonen jump shonen jump is like i guess the most popular form of manga in in japan it's shonen manga is manga for for like teenage boys um which uh, i feel like everyone listening is at heart (laughs) (laughs) Um, everyone listening is at least fifteen percent teenage boy um, We called our uh, last
2: episode uh like something about something I said about a floppy, and not only that we also had another joke in the group about me saying i 'm afraid of sex so it 's just peak fifteen <laughs> year old humor and that 's why we that 's right
1: Oh, i 'm certainly like at least seventy five percent teenage boy, um, which will surprise no one who 's listened to me podcast for more than you know fifteen minutes uh but yeah, so Shonen Jump is like this annual, sorry, weekly, weekly um, anthology of, uh, of of manga. You get like a twenty-page chapter from maybe twelve to fifteen different ongoing stories um, each issue. They're these big, almost like phone book formats of this, uh, like kind of big, uh, cheaply printed black and white chapters, um, and occasionally you get the um, the odd color page. Um, in every few chapters, depending on which, which story you're reading. But it's an amazing way to kind of get a whole bunch of stories every week. They're fairly cheap. And, uh, yeah, they're certainly cheap if you read it digitally, um, legally, of course, um, on using the app. Um, but since then, and uh, entirely because of Connor, um, who has recommended so many incredible um, runs and, and stories and authors and, and artists to me, uh, I, I, I'm now just buying and, and receiving many, many volumes and, and, and beautiful editions. In fact, almost everything I'm talking about today has been published uh, in the West by Viz. Um, and Viz Media, I think, have become my favorite publisher of, of comics. Uh, yeah, I just, like, and I,
2: as we will explore this, like, I feel like years ago they, they were just the Shonen Jump publisher and then they got the Sig line, which a lot of my favorite stuff came out, like, gangster and sunny and you know we'll talk about that later but now we're getting stuff like how do you relationship and like uh i think they even put like a bunch of queer manga as well they're doing like biographies like aren't they doing that greater water book or something like it's just yeah they've just like got the money well. to invest in so much and really expand the readership of manga and really like put a placeholder of it in the west so it's really cool what they've done and you know i think they they help run the Shonen Jump app as well. So, you know, all the big Yeah, and
1: they, they also run the um, the Shonen Jump podcast. They're American uh, stuff. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's actually a pretty fun listen if you're reading... If you, Only if you're reading all the Shonen Jump chapters of the <laughs> week, you should listen to <laughs> Which that Which you are. That's it. <laughs> I am. And uh, so, the, yeah, the back half of this episode today is going to be Connor and I talking about Jump in 2020. Uh, because a lot of uh, fairly prominent big series have um, wrapped up this year um, With another very prominent one uh, looking like it's going to wrap up very very soon um, There's been a bunch of new series that have started Some of them we like, some of them we don't uh, And then of course there are the the, the ones that are still around So uh, we, we were talking about a lot about Shonen Jump later in the episode But before we get there um, Connor and I have a bunch of uh, other manga that we want to talk about. Um, look, this, this you are basically getting an insight into what our Facebook chat is. Uh, Connor and I would probably send each other between 50 and 500 messages every single day. And 90% of them are about manga. So uh, this is the audio, the audio book of our Facebook messages. Um, and I think a, be- a, good, a good book to start with would be uh, someone who I've talked about a lot over the last few months on the podcast, um, the horror writer and artist uh, Junji Ito. Um, he has given us incredible uh, books that we've talked about a lot on the podcast. I know Siobhan is a massive fan of his adaptation of Frankenstein. Um, and Ooh, then, of yes. course, uh, there's Uzumaki and, um, and Gio and um, uh, Tomie. Um, there's, there's so many excellent um, horror books, plus his anthologies. Um, but... This is uh, one of his most unique books, which was printed, uh, published in the West um, at the start of the year. Um, it's an adaptation of uh, the second best-selling Japanese novel of all time, um, a book written by Osamu Dazai in the twenties 1920s. Uh, this is No Longer Human. I if I, I, I was I everything the right. I wouldn't said, be maybe surprised. Maybe it's a little later than that. Uh, he was born in 1909. Uh, 48 novel. 48, so it was in the 40s. Sorry, I, wasn't, I, was, look, look, I rounded 20 up. 20 years, it's far. fine. Nothing important <laughs> happened in those 20 years. No. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, Junji Ito's adaptation of No Longer Human. And uh, Viz published an, like, just a gorgeous uh, oversized novel format. Um, it's hardcover, it has an awesome dust jacket with a circle in the middle of it. Um, It looks like a normal novel when you look at it from the outside, but Mm. the uh, circle cut out of the dust jacket reveals the horror within. Um,
2: More books should be stark white. It is like really appealing to look at. It's like a blizzard on your shelf. I love it. Yes,
1: totally. Um, I used to, I mean, with cookbooks and things like that, I always remove the dust jacket. I love having like a, you know, just a plain red book that just kind of says the name on it in my cookbook shelf. But with comics, you got to leave those dust jackets on. They're good. Uh, actually, you know what? The dust jackets that <laughs> the worst. He rips it off right
2: now. He says, "Fuck this! I'm, I've changed my mind."
1: <laughs> uh, Parker, the um, the Darwin Cook um, books, the Parker series, they look way better with the dust jackets off. That's a uh, oh, I can a bookshelf tip. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so No Longer Human, I was raving about it to Connor last week, or a weird kind of raving about it, because this yeah, is- Yeah, you're,
2: like, you're first, speaking of, um, our Facebook chat, let us just reiterate all that happened, but I didn't think you liked it at first, you're like, this ending, this ending, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh. should I buy
1: it? Yeah, it's the kind of book that really stays with you, and yeah, thankfully after we recorded last week, uh, Connor decided- PewDiePie
2: dropped a video and we went, all right. Oh yeah, that's so hilarious time. if-
1: if you Google No Longer Human review, one of the first things that comes up is an old PewDiePie review from like almost a decade ago where he, I guess, I guess PewDiePie, the very controversial YouTuber, um, has a book club on his YouTube, which is very surprising <laughs> to me. But uh, he, he is a massive fan of the original novel uh, written in the 40s by Osamu Desire, No Longer Human, um, which is an ext- extremely grim, semi-autobiographical book about... Uh, a man who basically sees himself as no longer human and um, has to do all kinds of depraved things just to make himself feel something. He's suicidal. He uh, sends many other women to their deaths, um, and uh, a lot of people view this, you know, this book as um, Osama desires like kind of suicide note because yeah. he committed suicide weeks after this book was released. Um, Connor, were you aware of the book before reading this manga?
2: I did read it in high school for some reason. I don't remember why. I actually think it got... (laughs) PewDiePie. (laughs) (laughs) Three
1: words. (laughs) PewDiePie.
2: I was like, alright, alright, bros. He drops drops an N-word and then he tells me about No Longer Human. I'm like, it's got me there. I I think it was referenced (laughs) in another anime, so I think that's why I picked it up. But it... I'd like... I'm I sort of don't remember it as well, but um I remember it being super interesting just without a, some of the crazy stuff that happens at the end of this book. But it is like it's a really well-written novel and it is like super like it's a like fantastic novel and super interesting and then just knowing about it just makes you oh, it's it's an experience reading it. Like it just makes you almost slightly ill.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty disturbing read. It's a it's Unrefined a very well-written book. Nihilism. Yes, and uh, it's with a like you know, uh, unforgivably dislikable character mm. who does some truly horrible things to some undeserving people that he meets uh, on his life's journey. Um, we meet him as a as a as a boy who becomes like the class clown just because that's the only way he likes to be seen. He kind of feels like he can slip beneath between the cracks if everyone laughs at him. Um, but he, you know he. he he endures, like, a lot of sexual abuse um, by... Like, he's, he's in, like, a... He's the youngest child in a very rich family, and so his, his servants uh, abuse him. Um, and you could say he's a product of that environment um, from the abuse that he receives at the end of the the, uh, the servants, plus the lack of um, attention and love that he gets from his father. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, nothing can excuse the horrible things that he does to other people throughout his life um, Junji Ito I guess I'm kind of used to a more kind of typically horror um, plot and visuals and this does get there but there are some it's very it's a much more psychological read than his uh, than his books usually are yeah
2: I, I do like I do like on that previous point that I also think this book never asked you to like um, sympathize with them you were just watching the life of a horrible human being and just acknowledging it and that's what i like that's what tripped me out about i think i get why like you got sort of tripped out by the ending because it, it almost is like a very straight adaptation in his very um in his style that works really well for a man on the edge of insanity with his with junji facial expressions but yeah, yeah he gets there
1: yeah, I mean, almost every Junji Ito story ends on almost like a non sequitur, like a just like a sudden odd ending. Um, like his, I don't really find his his horror books particularly scary. There's definitely some scary visuals within them, but the stories themselves are, are kind of, you know, odd as opposed to terrifying. Yeah, I, f- I feel like actually this um just now that we're talking about, it, I think this book would
2: actually be closest to his adaptation of Frankenstein, which I guess would make sense being an adaptation. But it's just the way it's. It's just like pure atmosphere, and he doesn't need terrifying imagery to add to it. He just needs like just art, just his art, just like how he draws backgrounds, how he draws a sunken face.
1: Yeah, totally. I, and actually, similarly, like um, he made a few small changes in his Frankenstein adaptation, um, and he makes one pretty big change in in this adaptation of No Longer Human, in that the main character. In this book, actually meets the author Osamu desire in a mental asylum towards the end of the book i don 't think that 's too much of a spoiler, um, but uh obviously that doesn't happen in the uh, in the novel at, at at first and it's a pretty interesting decision to make i reckon especially, oh yeah especially if like if I was already very aware and a fan of the book originally it's a it 's a pretty cool thing to do and he he just he just like ugh,
2: i've been alluding to it poorly, but he just takes it and run the um the way every everything in that book kind of frays at the end with the character and then his circumstances and we just get this i don't know it 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 almost feels supernatural but it's just like the horrors of the subconscious drawn to life
1: yeah The the highlight of the book for me is when um on on his way on his journey to hell at one point one of his many journeys to hell he has to uh he has to basically, like, give up all of the um, different... Are they, are they his fears? Um, and they, they're all represented by these, like, enormous things that he has to basically pull out of his, like, body. Um, and they they represent, like, various members of his family, his love of women, his love of drugs and, and alcohol. Um, but it's a, it's an incredible scene. Probably the, there the, is... the, the coolest chapter. I'm pulling up the one, but, like the one after he talks to his
2: wife for the fun, fi- like one of the final times. And it just, I've got to find it now. Flick through pages.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I mean the, the book opens with a suicide attempt. So obviously like trigger, trigger warning. If, if this, if, if, if you are not someone that would like to be, uh, you know, exposed to this much suicide in one book, uh, avoid this one.
2: Yeah. I mean, kind of like sexual abuse, uh, violence, um, like you're, several you're like, attempts like, like,
1: of suicide like you like, like Connor said it's not it's not a book that asks you to to empathize or sympathize with its main character at any point it is just this awful thing that you are, are viewing there's a you know sense of voyeurism to it especially as like uh like his behavior patterns start to emerge and you do feel like, like he becomes more and more depraved as he gets older and desperate to kind of feel things again. And then it kind of becomes like the um, chapter by chapter horror book that I expect from Junji Ito, like, you know, like a Tomie where it's, you know, Tomie reappearing and, and being brutally murdered by different people in the, in that, in those, in those uh, stories.
2: Yeah, so the point was running towards the end is where it like um, talks about his like relationship with women, and there's all these like horrible sort of specters of these women clamoring all over over him, like some these terrifying specters, and that's like the real Junji Ito shit for me. It just hits, yeah, just totally. these terrifying faces just filling panels, and it's it's super great because like the book, the book does a great job of explaining one one man's descent into you know pure nihilism and you know, horrible acts of violence. But this is such a good way of representing that in a visual form, like what one could possibly see or an interpretation that stands like as well with the crazy different ending, just as valid as an interpretation as whatever you can conjure reading the book, which is important.
1: Yeah. um, I would absolutely recommend this to anyone who's already a fan of Junji Ito. I would not recommend it as your initial entry point to, uh, to his works And obviously, like, yeah, be aware of what's inside the book before you start reading it, too. But I think it's a a, a pretty incredible adaptation of a a book that I wasn't aware was as big as it was. Yeah, it's it's
2: huge. And it just hit, like, public domain. So, you know, what other weird things will we see? But also, it's It's a fantastic release. Shout out to Viz again. It's, like, a 600-page hardback for, like, 50 bucks, I think. Like, 45 or something I paid for it.
1: Yeah, it's a brilliant release um, And uh, a, good, a good one to kick off the show with uh, Unfortunately, none of the books that I'm talking about Or maybe one comes close, but even that's not hardcover So this is uh, this wins best looking book of the week <laughs> <laughs> um, So on the uh, topic of uh, a horrible protagonist um, I wanted to talk about the latest book by Inio Asano Am I pronouncing his name correctly, Connor? Um that's the main reason you're on this episode, but
2: <laughs> well, as we learned from last week, as soon as I come on this podcast, I forget. So I'm going to say yes anyway. Just to, um, confidence will get me
1: everywhere. Uh, Inio Asano, best known for "Good Night Um, a book about a little uh, bird. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Punpun is? He's a no. He is he is a kid, but he's just drawn as
2: a bird. It's like a yeah. it's a super. Dower book on the on the troubles
1: of adolescence. And yeah, his, growing, um, he's got like a lot up. of. It's like, yeah, it puts forward the argument that actually horny teenagers are the saddest human beings <laughs> on the face of the earth. <laughs> For all these 15 year olds at heart
2: listening, don't worry. He gets your sadness.
1: I mean, that, that's one of the few manga series that have won an Eisner Award, I think, over the years, right? Yeah. And um, Solanin. Another of his books is also one an Eisner too. I think. Have, so, yeah, have you read? Like, is this
2: is just your second after Pun Pun?
1: Yeah, I've only read Pun Pun. I've, I've, I have stolen it on the on the shelf, but you told me it was yes. depressing, so I
2: have. Well, all of his movie. works are depressing. I'm not sure why I said that. Actually, it's kind of like I don't <laughs> think there's an upbeat work of his.
1: Um, but Downfall is another book that I heard described as semi autobiographical, mm. and God, I fucking hope that's not true. Oh my uh, god!
2: Because- I, I haven't read it. I I've heard like people talking about it, which isn't like always the way to experience a book. But I just remember I'm like, oh, by God, I hope so- not.
1: So we're actually going to talk about another semi-meta manga when we talk about Jump later. Um, in uh, what's it called? Ghost Time Machine Paradox, Ghost Rider. I Rider Paradox. Jump. Ghost Time. time. <laughs> what's what's it called? Ghost Time Rider
2: Paradox. I'm pretty sure it's just Ghost Rider. Oh no, the time is definitely in there somewhere.
1: Time Paradox Ghost Rider Time Paradox Ghost Rider But this is a much more serious and somber uh, uh, meta manga book um, Because yeah, this basically uh, follows a year in the life of a a mangaka An artist and writer who uh, had a once popular series um, Whose manga just stopped selling basically And the final chapter of his 13 The final, sorry, volume of his 13 volume run um, only you know made it to number thirty of the charts, and he definitely has a fan base. But everyone's asking, "What are you going to do next?" He's married to an editor who looks after far more popular mangaka's, um, and uh, he is just so depressed. He actually. He hates manga because he loves it so much that he's like so self-obsessed with it and the stories that he wants to tell using the medium. But also, like he hates all mainstream, um, um, all mainstream stories in using manga as the storytelling method. And um, he is like just a horrible, horrible, sad man um, who like blames. the 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 crumbling his crumbling marriage on his wife and um you know very early on in this he's he you know escapes from the world by um using escort escort services and um and uh, meeting girls at love hotels and he falls in love with one of them because it reminds him of a girl that we see um, him break up with as a teenager at the very start of the book. Um, I hate to do this again, but trigger warning: this book also uh, features in the book's darkest moment sexual abuse, which I was really not expecting, especially in a book that is described as self, uh, like semi-autobiographical. Um, there are a lot of parallels to this character, just in the in in the way that like Goodnight, Pun Pun also sold, uh, also only had thirteen volumes, and apparently he was confused as to what to do after Pun Pun won all the awards as his next book. But um, I, 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 I hope that the, the main character that we're seeing here In this awful, awful year um, In which he does so much self-destructive behavior That affects not just himself, but everyone around him That he apparently cares about and, and cares about him um, it, it, Again, it's another very nihilistic manga It's an interesting story Because it's unlike many other books that I read It's certainly not something you would find in Shonen Jump Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever read something that's been described as, um, autobiographical and and then the main character is just like a despicable piece of shit?
2: There is another, um, like I've read another manga that is just autobiographical about a manga artist who just ran away for like a year from like his wife and his editor and his life. And that was also weird. Um, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's, uh. Yeah. I don't know, it, it, like, because there's no confirmation, I think he just, like, he alluded to it in an interview, I believe, and that's how we sort of know it's semi-autobiographical, but it just makes you feel uneasy about his works. But at the same time, it's very, I don't know, it's like engaging with complicated pieces of literature, there is something very interesting and almost kind of important to reading a book like this, but...
1: It's yeah, look, it was gripping the whole way through, but it reminded me more of like the comics I used to read when I was a ke- when I was a teenager. I used to only read like Robert Crumb, Daniel Klaus, um, mm. Ivan. What's his name? Like very, very like, edgy, self hating fan of graphics releases, um, and where, where where creators would po- constantly paint themselves as just horrible pieces of shit. Um, so this felt like a weird callback to that, like the, the first kind of comics that I got into. Um, but being told as the current kind of content comics that I love, um, it was a gripping read the whole way through. Um, I was just very troubled <laughs> as I, as I read it, but nowhere near as troubled as the main character in downfall. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> Disappearance diary by, um, Hida- Hideo Azuma is the one I'm thinking of, which is just autobiographical. Old, yeah.
1: Um, but I mean, he's, Inio Asano has like, what's the one that d um, uh, Dead series.
2: Demons, DDD, Destruction
1: Yeah That's um, my favourite of that, his, actually And that's quite popular, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah That is, like, ongoing one at the moment, I believe
1: like, like, there's currently a pop-up store in Tokyo Selling, like, merch and toys and stuff related to that manga So I think, look, I, I think Maybe maybe the, the comparison points are Sometimes Inio Asano hates manga And nothing else is is, is, a, <laughs> is, is a mirror in this we we can hope so anyway look it it was a it was a good book but another one that's difficult to recommend because it's not like there's no level of escapism to this it just is just a grim reminder of how how people you love uh, you know are often pieces of shit and and people have have shitty lives (laughs) <laughs> Not me, though. <laughs> a, a glowing recommendation that I do want to read now. So, you know. Look, it looks. It's, it's, it's. I've never seen his artwork. Granted, I haven't read that many of his books, but it's extremely grounded artwork, especially compared to Pun Pun. Um, I would recommend it, but with a few asterisks at the end of that recommendation. Mm. Let's cheer ourselves up, Connor. We read one of the most happy manga volumes um, we've ever read recently, and we both read It. it- it's Truly delightful So we've mentioned Shonen Jump a few times This was published in the um, Teenage Girl equivalent um, Shoujo Beat So for Shonen is for teenage boys Shoujo manga is for what is it, Or is it what is it Ah like, uh, Shoujo Shoujo, cool um, Shoujo is for teenage girls And uh, we read a new series called How Do We Relationship um, With story and art by someone called Tammy Full Great name. And yeah, great, great, great pen name for sure. Um, and uh, this, uh, this story tells um, uh, a story about um, two college age uh, girls who uh, basically, it's like them, them falling in love, um, both of them kind of coming out to each other and then dating each other. Um, and uh, I was cautious of uh, whether or not this would be a book I would enjoy, just because I, I didn't know how well-handled those themes would be. But I could not believe how well-handled this love story was handled.
2: Yeah, I do read a lot of Yuri uh, preface. I will be talking about another one next, don't worry. So, did, but tell like, everyone what
1: Yuri is? Um, Yuri
2: is uh, girl's love, so it's it's kind of like the... I believe it comes from... I believe Yuri is the, like, the name for White Lily or Lily... In Japan, which is kind of like in old, um, I think like from like the 1920s, there was a movie in which the sort of romance between two young women that couldn't be shown was denoted by like a lily in the scene. So uh, the Yuri genre sort of bloomed from that. Okay. Um, about love, like, just like just about girls' love, just you know, romance between usually teenagers in high school. But um, there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of manga for like about older women and what's good is that through companies like viz and seven seas we're finally stepping up and getting that stuff here in the west like really diversifying it and it's great i didn't know about how how do we relationship until twitter really sort of popped off about it and like there was like a bunch of like comic site even talk comic sites even talking about us. I was like oh okay you know gotta read this one
1: and it's, it's yeah i mean sorry you go yeah, the, the title. How do we relationship? Uh, uh, that just seems like. You know, oh, <laughs> how do I hell. adult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I hate the name. So there were a lot of red flags, um, but uh, I was won and over by, by, by this. By so... zoomers on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I was won over by this so fast. It's so charming and sweet.
2: It it's just like uh, with Yuri and the way I sort of brought up for this. Like there is. Like, Boys Love as well, which is, if anyone sort of interacted with that, has a more, like, controversial history, but there is, like, a a heavy element of, like, fetishization, and not even, like, the typical way, but in the way we, like, write up fantasies about women falling in love that isn't always from, like, queer authors, and isn't always, um, you know, doesn't always tackle bigger subjects, which it doesn't need to, but there is, like an element of removal often as they kind of, like, big up the, the fetishization of it, which can still be enjoyable, you know, but this is just, like, just a very relatable, humble human story about two college girls who have never, um, been in a relationship with another woman before just learning how to be in a relationship, and it's, like, it's it doesn't play out the drum or it doesn't, um... Even to, like play out the comedy, it almost like just plays it straight with just kind of the natural comedy and drama of relationships as you come to term with like learning about your partner and like intimacy and uh, and exploring being gay in Japan as well and how complicated it can be. You know, there's some beautiful scenes about that in there, and there's a great cast of friends around them that really pop off, and it's it's I mean as we'll be talking about Shonen Jump, it's just nice to have a story like this about college students as well. It's also yeah, just a I, bit I, less weird.
1: It's, it, at its heart, at its core, all it is is like, you know, what's it like dating someone who's not not, not just like you? Because like, the two characters are very different yeah. in, in, in the way they present themselves and, you know, especially in their levels of outness as well. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I feel like anyone would would enjoy this story if you were just looking for like a sweet romantic book um and like i said last week like these are the kind of books that are important for people just to read just because it is a different perspective of a love story that we don't often see in media especially comics um or i feel like like i felt we get a lot of high concept queer manga queer comics but nothing that's just so sweet and down to earth as this um i loved it
2: yeah, I yeah I don't like I don't have much to add outside of like the art's really wonderful as well. Like the the characters um, almost have sort of like a chibi-ish art style at times, but there's also like heaps of great fashion, like college fashion. They're in a different outfit like every scene, like every character. That's always delightful.
1: Yes, and great fashion for sure. Like we we, we rave about first second the publisher uh, on this podcast a lot. And if you like any of those books, I would definitely recommend how do we relationship
2: absolutely completely or like a, like even like sort of what web comics are popped up with like Heartstopper or um Breaks or um what's the really popular one
1: Bloom like Bloom you know right yeah cool awesome um so yeah everything we've talked about so far has been published by Viz in uh, Australia America in the UK um but uh you have another book that you're going to talk about yes I'm breaking in the, same... the streak tell me about this one what is it?
2: This is another Yuri manga uh, called "Goodbye My Rose Garden" by someone called Pepperco. No, sorry, my apologies, Doctor Pepperco. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what's, it's, what's it's what's on the car. That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is um, I don't know. I was just like seeing what was like. I'm just a stupid, dumb nerd who like looks at what releases every single week. And this popped out, um, it's a, it's a Urimunga set in the early 1900s about, like, a, um, a noblewoman and a young maid who fall in love, and, um, like, so it's, it's about, so this noblewoman owns, like, her estate, but she seemed to have fallen out of grace a little, and she has, like, this beautiful library, and at the start of it, you know, she gets this sort of well-read, uh, maid, um, who comes in and, they sort of like sort of hit it off, but it 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 starts off like very twee, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how about this, so I kind of threw it away until I picked it up this week for content, basically. Um, and what I discovered was a really moving piece about a really moving period drama because after that sort of first bit, what it moves into is that you find out that this noblewoman asks uh, her maid to kill her, essentially, because what had happened is that this, why she'd fallen out is this no woman had a relationship with another woman, although it could never have been proven. She's basically been ostracized and, um, you know, she's losing everything for the, uh, consequences of of the time, and it ends up just being, like, a very a very real period piece about, you know, um, them, her coming to terms with that and the maid sort of, like, starts off, you know, just trying to help this this noble woman, like, trying to find her life again after being disgraced and hated, and then it's- it plays out something like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is, like, these very, like, you know, it's- it's very, like, stolen glances and brushed hands and really slow burning, but just, like, the beats it hits on, and that I am a sucker for period dramas, like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it- it- it really breaks- a lot of conventions and a lot of writing and these are two very realized characters in a very realized and accurate you know setting um i don't know a lot about the early 1900s but i remember like reading up that like she has drawn little like editions of books that have the exact same like covers and boundings as it did in that time in this gorgeous library and it's it's super wonderful so if you like
1: yeah i i was there it sounds accurate yeah i mean i mean how could
2: you not um have your own collection of English literature that is slightly unreadable nah it's right. <laughs> um, so
1: there's there's three volumes of this out now
2: yeah um, I'm hope like I um, there's two volumes out that i like I'm into the second one now and it just gets better like I love that slow burning romance and it, it the way it sort of like covers trauma as well and it's really beautiful and I think it's just three volumes which is always I think the best length for a romance manga a lot of the ones I buy are just like three volumes three or four volumes and it's done so
1: yeah cool that's good yeah you don't want like a forever you don't want to see someone's entire life of romance like a dated oh maybe I kind of do actually I want that. well it's usually <laughs> it,
2: it like falls <laughs> um no comment like a but soap like opera it, uh,
1: yeah
2: uh but you know once it hits like longer than that it's a lot of like falling out and falling back in love and the big drama and this is just like very sweet and sincere in a, in a period romance setting which you now if that's your thing hit it up goodbye my rose garden by Dr. Peppico. So,
1: After Connor, sentences. the most uh, the most replied um, message that I get from Connor when I ask what they're reading uh, <laughs> is, uh, is magical girl manga or watching magical girl anime. <laughs> so, please uh, explain what that genre is and your most recent foray into the genre. Uh, okay, so,
2: magical girl, uh, like, comic uh, manga or anime is like Sailor Moon. Uh, you've probably mm-hmm. seen it, you know. They're girls who get, like, some sort of cheeky device from a spirit or familiar, and they have a big transformation scene. And then they all get in cool costumes and they beat the shit out of bad guys like Power Rangers, but with cool costumes.
1: And a and bunch of. very important like, kick-ass aspect women. is I assume they all have talking cats.
2: Oh, they all have talking cats. There's a lot of gay subtext. You love to see it. Um, a friend of mine just would not shut up about Pretty Cure. Um like she just loves it so much she just would not go stop going on about. and I'm like alright I guess I gotta check it out where do I start she told me just start at the beginning which to start from beginning to end is about 800 episodes 40 movies and still <laughs> comes out weekly every year and I made a mistake because I really like it and I'm like 150 episodes in on like the third different series and I just kicked off from there and then I was like alright what else does this have to offer because the only thing I'd seen before was like a bit of Sailor Moon growing up but Australian TV didn't show it that much and then um... it did
1: when I was when I was a, in school I I really liked Sailor Moon but I hated Dragon Ball so I don't know what that says about me uh, <laughs> but
2: yeah I think I, I, you know what I think it just
1: comes down to I loved the Sailor Moon theme song and I hated the Dragon Ball theme song um, I don't know which version of the Dragon Ball theme song we would have gotten in Australia in the late 90s maybe the G-Kids version <clears throat> but the oh, Moon I don't know, Rock the, the so Dragon weird. goes
2: pretty... If you listen to that again, Rock the Dragon goes pretty hard. Um,
1: <laughs> but that Sailor Moon theme song is like, iconic. And I oh, guess I, that, so that definitely... It was That was like the okay anime for everyone to be into.
2: Yeah, and I mean, was- like, this is early 2000s when I saw it, so you know. It, it was a yeah. bit different for me. But, like, I remember catching snippets of it. And then this year I just popped off with it. I've read Sailor Moon, I've read Card to Sakura, I've watched Pretty Cure... Shugachara, Tokyo Mew Mew, um, Oh, such good names. Magical little Girl, Nano Ha, um, bunch of other shit I won't go on to, but, like, I just, I just love it, you know, it's like, just a bunch of kick-ass women in great costumes, and a lot of them take, like, the idea of a kid's show and then just expand on it by the end of it it's like a super fantastic drama and the budget these shows seems to get because they're just, like, they're just killer Um, so there's always great fight scenes, like some of the best in anime. And the latest I want to, um, shout out is Sugar Sugar Rune, which I'm mostly just shouting out for Siobhan because I think it's funny because on this podcast, she's talked about how much she loves In Clothes Called Fat, if you remember that by, um... What's it called? In Clothes Called Fat.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I've um, definitely um, seen, I know what Sugar Sugar Rune is. I know that the, the, the black books with the pink... Over the top of the yeah. black I, I know what the covers of these books look like. With like a little witch girl on the front.
2: Yeah, and it's by uh, Miyoko Arno, who um like her works are just like enclosed called fat are just these super intense dramas, um, like memoirs of a Morris Gentleman and they're really fantastic, but just at one point she just wrote a kid's magical girl manga, and I totally picked this up, I dug into the second hand bins to find it out of print i got the first five i need the last three i don't know where they are because they're out of print but it's it's such a fun series it it starts off like these two witches want to be queen of the witch dimension and to do that they have to go to the human world and steal the hearts of boys and they gotta like do crazy magic and there's one girl's called chocolate one's called vanilla and they're like best friends and their magics super powerful but super unstable, so hijinks ensue. But I just love this series, like a lot of them, because it starts off like that, and by the point I'm at, there is like, uh, like a multiple dimension war for the world, and these girls have to like fight to save existence itself. Like it just, yes. it just goes crazy. I love very it. low stakes. <laughs> oh yeah, it just, it's, it's just so fun how naturally it just goes from like, monsters like. Monster of the Week, like, falling in love to super cool fights for life itself. It's great. Sugar Sugar Room. If you like magical girl shit, hit me up. It's all I want to talk about. So that came out in, like, the mid-2000s? Yeah, back when Del Rey published manga, which is a snapshot of the manga boom
1: when it all fell apart. Um, so I'm going to go back even further before that uh, 10 years earlier to, from 1996 to 1997 uh, a sports manga called Ping Pong um, hell um, yeah ran uh, in uh, Shogokukan, uh, a CNN manga uh, magazine for older gentlemen um, Ping Pong if you're familiar uh, was- with like Kodansha
2: like the Kodansha comics and like that magazine this magazine is like their biggest rival
1: which is kind right. of funny. okay sure and that's the thing we talked about... We described what Shonen Jump is, but there's, like, multiple different weekly... Or at least there used to be. Now there's a few less. But multiple different uh, weekly manga um, uh, anthologies. It rules. Yeah, so, so imagine, rules. like,
2: you pick up your floppies, but instead of buying one each week, you buy a magazine that has 20 and one of each different series for the week.
1: It's just the fucking dream. It is so good. I know. Imagine, like, it would just make everything so much easier. If you just bought a book called Marvel... It came out every week. <laughs> it was ten and then bucks. You paid it was 1.99 to catch up with the and, chapters later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: the black one white um, rule. And at one point, um, you could just gambling manga. Just in yeah, men,
1: Several magazines. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of this year, and I, and I plan to go back to it, reading a lot of uh, of of mahjong manga and yeah, gambling manga, and that's because it wasn't just gambling manga magazines, Connor. There was an entire magazine. Dedicated to mahjong manga. Oh, fuck, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Take me back. Just like so specific. I love it. Um, but yeah, this uh, ping pong is a is a sports manga about ping pong, and uh, it's, it, it's 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 actually about table drawn pens. table. D- what that was, That's funny. What, is that like a uh, don't wait? What, don't what do you call ping something? How is it They're not the same? Two thing? different sports. How is this, is this like a potato cake potato scallop thing? No, no. um... Ping pong, uh,
2: like, ping pong is a sport that plays. Well, actually, I think it can be, like, the same as table tennis. But they did kind of split off into two different sports with how you arc the ball. Like with ping pong, you have to hit it. Like your opponent hits it on their side, bounces in your side. You hit it, so it bounces in your side, then it bounces in there and so on. In table tennis, they hit it, so it bounces once in your side. Then you've got to hit it, so it arcs over your
1: side and bounces only on their side. Okay, well, why don't you go and release a ping pong manga called Table Tennis then?
2: Well, this is the only good. This is the best part because table tennis is the only sport I've ever played and competitively. Uh, so this is the one sports manga. Like I get it, I get it. That's great.
1: <laughs> Being there, guys. Um, so this <laughs> well, is uh, cool uh, written now. and drawn by uh, Teo Matsumoto, um, who is one most famous favorites. for uh, another Eisner Award-winning manga series called Tekonkikrete. Um, and, uh, that came out, did you do that that one before ping pong or after ping pong?
2: Uh, before I believe that was like, it was like just three volumes. I'm pretty sure it wrote like the early nineties.
1: And he has a very like kind of deliberately obtuse style, which is why this just seems so different to me than any other very clean sports manga that I've come across. Um, he excels at doing like crazy action and yeah, for a book about table tennis the action comes from like these teenage boys just belting ping pong balls with little uh, wooden and plastic rackets, uh, bats. Sorry, bats. Sorry, I know we've got a uh, we've got a professional uh, ping pong player <laughs> on, on the podcast. I'm
2: calling up the association if we get this wrong.
1: Um, but so we have a main character who is nickname is Smile. He never smiles, um, and he does not take uh, table tennis as seriously as his best friend. Um, but his coach knows that Smile is the best player. In uh, in, in the in the class, and um, we we meet the the kids at the rival high school that you know one of them used to be friends with our main characters, and that rival high school has just uh, hired the talents of a disgraced Chinese table tennis player who um has been sent to Japan because he lost a big tournament in China, um, and this is just a incredible series that is it's not told like. It it kind of the the panels just kind of jump around and you and you just see little windows into different characters' storylines as they happen, and then it will focus on one one character for for the bulk of a of an arc. But um, it's there's a you know a big tournament that happens um, towards the end of volume one. I've only read volume one so far, published by Viz. It is one of the most beautiful volumes of anything I've ever gotten. What you just how do we describe it So the, the cover is like this like firm like it's a soft cover but it's very firm thick cardboard um, and then you have like a random assortment of black and white panels making up the bulk of the cover um, and that's like a matte finish but then there's a rectangle that takes up um, like maybe a third of the space over the, the back and and front cover and, and of course the spine and that's gloss. Um, in this case it's like a big very bright kind of aquamarine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, beautiful. aquamarine blue, and uh, then you have like a color panel from the manga um, on the back. It's just it looks so good. It's so striking. The Viz logo and the Sig logo are also the same color as the um, as the glossy spine. And then the volume two. This is only like if you buy this, it's, 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 you can get the entirety of this series for like eighty bucks. Um, volume one and volume two. Um, volume two comes out um, in a couple, maybe a month or something like that. Um, and i'll hundred percent be picking it up it looks so gorgeous the story is great the artwork is just insane i think is the best way i can describe it um and uh the characters are very endearing especially the the coach an older an older um table tennis player who had to give up his dream when he was uh the same age as the boys that he's coaching um it's Oh,
2: I just got a shout out to the names because you got Smile, you got Pekko, and then like the rival team has you know the disgraced kid just called China, and then there's Dragon and Demon. Demon,
1: yeah, it's great fun. It's so much fun. It's I've read like a little bit of IQ. Um I read a uh, a rugby manga that uh, that was cancelled because no one <laughs> liked it, but I liked it. What was that called again? Wolf Boys or something? Beast Children. Beast Children. Um, uh, but this is unlike either of those. This is, I mean, I know Haiku is like one of the most beloved sports manga of all time. I know it, Slam Dunk is definitely something I need to read at some point, isn't it?
2: Oh yes, yeah. I've got um, to read that too. I've only
1: read Real, which is also great. But ping pong is is very unique. It does it doesn't feel formulaic at all. It just you it's, kind of.
2: I don't. It's not like raw thematically, but it's very like raw in the way it presents, like, the human body, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's just okay to get, like... Because when you... You know, when you're playing a sport, you don't always look graceful. You are, like, sweating, and you're smashed against the wind, and your face contorts and it's, like, just these gorgeous, like... So many different angles and directions. Like, there's a camera following, like, 360 degrees of these characters, and he will draw, like, from whatever angle he wants. And, like, you see, like, the, always a specific way an arm moves of like just these teenage boys just getting right in it.
1: Yeah, it's okay. So and I think that
2: Yes, completely. And I think that goes for the characters as well. These aren't always like these aren't like traditional protagonists in how we think of like the shonen jump, you know, I'm going to be the best. I got my boys with me and we're going to we're going to beat them boys and we love each other. It's very like some of these are just like emotionally re- repressed teenagers being teenagers and some of them are like have anger they're taking out in the game and
1: it's wonderful yeah i mean smile could not be less interested in 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 being a, 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 a hero
2: yeah and then his rival is like almost sort of dragon he, that he has like a whole like scene dedicated to him just falling apart
1: and he but oh, and, and he's he's obsessed with smile though he loves him oh yeah it's it's yeah. super good you know it's, it's what you yeah, want it's so much fun i'm very excited to read volume two i'm gonna hold out and read it properly in Volume Two when it does come out. I'm not going to cheat and read it on yeah. online. So, will you get the, his other two series, Sunny and Tech on Concrete? Because yeah, I think I, I oh need boy. to. I, 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 this is the first book by Teo I've, I've read, and I love it. And I think I need to read everything he's ever done. Yeah, I'm going to watch other, the. the um, I'm going to watch the ping pong the anime. Um, yes, you are sir. Mm. <laughs> because it was made by um, an animation studio that I have recently decided I love. Um it's also your fault. Um they're called um what are they called? Science Saru. Did um I think he might have made that before he was at Science
2: Saru. I might be wrong. Let's find out.
1: Um No 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 you're
2: right. That was like
1: their first series they made. Damn, twenty fourteen.
2: What an opener. Yeah.
1: So this these guys are most famous for I mean the, what's the main director? His name is um Um, Masaki uh, Iwasa. Yeah, and uh I mean, if you have Netflix, he's done the um, anime for Devilman Crybaby and Japan Sinks, which came out this year. And um, if you have Crunchyroll, I guess the most popular series at the moment that he's done is uh, Keep Your Hands Off Eizouken. Um, but uh, I most recently, just over the weekend, I watched it twice in the last week, um, their latest movie, which is called Ride Your Wave, uh, which came out last year. And fuck, it's one of the best movies I've seen ever. Um, and Hell yeah. Same animation team did the ping-pong anime, so I'm definitely going to be delving into that. Yeah, thanks for the recommend. I love it.
2: No, absolutely. And Sonny is, like, I think top five. That is an all-timer. And oh, really? Come out wow. like, gorgeous little... Yeah, and his art style changes every time, so Tech on Kincrete is a book really about, like, gentrification of your city, about, like... And it's about two young boys named Black and White fighting against the Yakuza that's taking over their town, and that's super, like... Imagine that art with, like, caricatures, as you sort of see through, like, a child's young imagination of them having to fight off Yakuza with swords and guns in, like, this larger city with its own personality. And then Sunny, which was after Ping Pong, is that same super realistic, like, really kinetic art style, but almost done in, like, a still life sort of fashion, as it follows these Mm. kids in an orphanage dreaming of a better life. Incredible, incredible mangaka.
1: There's a few mangakas that have done... Oh, did you say mangaka or mangaka? Mangaka. I I,
2: mangaka. You have to, yeah. I don't actually know.
1: I, I would believe you before me. <laughs> I just re- <laughs> I just read things the way they look, and I'm almost 80% of the time wrong. Uh, but uh, he's one of the um, mangaka that have done the... Um, a, a book for the Louvre. Yeah, is you know that about just a thing people do? I, I've got that. The cats of the the Louvre it's it's super amazing it's about like but cats I, and stuff because he's done a book for the Louvre and then also the Jojo's um, you know Jojo's Bizarre Adventure or whatever that that creator has done a book for the Louvre as well
2: right I didn't know that that's so good
1: yeah I know there's someone there's some massive weave, weave in France that's like hell yeah <laughs> I mean, we must make more manga <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy it at the Louvre that's <laughs> so wild
2: right i guess i want to go to the louvre now they've got me
1: <laughs> um yeah right uh, uh, the, uh hiroshi Kayama who did um, attack on titan has done one. Oh wow um, okay and uh jiro jiro Taniguchi from the summit of the gods he's done one too oh huge damn All kinds. crazy um Maybe we should do an all Louvre manga special. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's do a uh, a speed round. Uh, You've got one to review and I've got one to review, and then it's jump time. Tell me about Ikigami, The Ultimate Limit.
2: Okay, very quickly, going back to the downfall, no longer human, um, big content warning for suicide and violence and sexual assault. Um, This is a, a dystopian... M- manga in an alternate version of japan where over overpopulation is rife so the japanese government um when people when they hit like when kids enter elementary school every kid is injected with syringe and every one in one thousand syringe has a capsule in it that will kill them between ages 18 and 24 in a um in a way to you know cure overpopulation but also as they say in the manga like um you know help people celebrate the joys of life and and ikigami is um someone well it is a thing it someone works for the bureau of like a, a ministry of like affairs and they get they're hired to go to when the time comes go to the people who are about to be killed by that capsule they've been injected with when they were young and hand them a card that gives them 24 hours saying that like they have 24 hours to live You'll die tomorrow, and it's this dystopian manga that plays it very straight to start with. It's a, it's a very intelligent book, like played through the uh, eyes of like a someone who's just started working as an ikigami. As they, um, you know, they're they're very like sort of naive and uh, still learning about everything, and they've been taught to be very unquestioning about this. And you know, it sort of starts off with like these sort of like one shot stories between every three chapters about someone who receives an ikigami and their final days and how that plays in the system and what something like this could do for things like violence or like these harrowing stories of someone in their last days. And then sort of, and it explores of course the human condition as these books do. And that's why I read them because you know, that's my depressing shit. And then <laughs> it's sort of like, it builds up to um, sort of this young man learning to fight outside of this like dystopian system that is just systematically killing people. And it's, it's really interesting. I don't know. The art almost falls in, like, an Asano-Ido way with uh, sort of, like, heavy inks and lines, but he has a totally different style of, like, character. Um, art that's really fascinating in these super, like, deep-inked pages for big moments of shock or beauty, and it's a, it's a, it's a heavy one, but it's, it's, like, a very interesting piece of dystopian fiction about unquestioning governments and the value of life.
1: Who published that one? That is, oh
2: yeah, that is Viz actually through their Signal line like ten years ago. Yeah, awesome.
1: Um, Well, I have a very very uh, new Viz book, um, and it's actually manga for this. So this is uh, um, in in Korea um, the comics there are called manhwa, and um, Viz have started publish publishing Korean comics now too. Um, And uh, if you have Netflix, you may be familiar with a TV show called Kingdom, which is a South Korean TV series. Um, it's like a like set in the um, 1500s. Um, I I've never watched it. Have you watched any of this before? Yes, I have watched it. That's why I'm keen for the manhwa.
2: It's a, it's a really fantastic, beautifully shot series. It's a zombie that, like, series, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I thought I was done with zombies and then Kingdom's like, what if we set it in Korea
1: in the 1500s? I'm like, you got me. <laughs> so this was the manhwa that inspired... Uh, Kingdom The TV series It's called The Kingdom of the Gods Um, The original concept Was by Inwan Yoon And the story Is by Un Hee Kim And the art Is by Kyung Il Yang And um, The Kingdom of the Gods Is split into two stories Um, Half the book Is The Kingdom of the Gods It's like a Five chapter um, Story And then the following Four chapters Are a new story Called Burning Hell Which has been written by In Wan Yoon And uh, art by Kyung Il Yang now, um, Eun Hee Kim is the, uh, the writer of the TV series. And so they've written uh, the, the, the story uh, of, of, in this comic as well. Um, it's about a, um, a young prince um, who loses... Um, we've a little, <laughs> yes, little, uh, I got Siri on a, a siri podcast. Oh. Uh, so we have a, a young prince has lost all of his bodyguards. Um, they've all been assassinated. And uh, he wakes up and has no one to turn to but a uh, a criminal, a mountain bandit. Um, and uh, basically they have to race um, to safety, to, to his uh, the prince's village. Um, and they have to do it before night falls because at night all of the land's dead rise from the grave and uh, are, are mindless flesh-eating zombies. And so this is a story about the survival of the prince. Um, it's short. It's uh, it's punchy. You meet some fun characters. It explains the lore and um, you know, like the the terror of uh, this. Pretty easy to grasp. You know, monster concept really, really well. And um, there's some phenomenal action uh, in this great little short story. Then uh, in the second half of the book, Burning Hell, um, this is a story that's more in line with um, the writer, um, In Wan Yun um, He he has written. Um, He's best known in Japan for a book called Blade of the Phantom Master. Have you heard of that, Connor? Oh, yes, I have, actually. I did not know um, that was the same. He also has written a, a fairly well-received um, um, series called Island and, and a novel called the Island. Know. And these all feature the same characters. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, this, uh, this story is basically about... Um, it's, like, the worst criminal in... South Korea's history, being um, taken to an island um, to be left, like he's a he's a prisoner and he gets left to be stranded on an island because no one can kill him, no one no one knows what to do with him, so they just strand him on an island with the um, worst criminal in Japan's history, and so this is like them fighting and then teaming up to um, to take down a pirate at the end of uh, of, of, of of the short story. Um, it's really silly and fun and addictive. It's just one of those stories you can just burn through and chuckle at. Um, there's some great action and silly violence in it. Um, and the characters are all larger than life, horrendous criminals that are still weirdly likable. Um, if you want a fun action book, definitely pick up The Kingdom of the Gods. I really enjoyed it. That's so
2: much more interesting because, like, I lied. That's like a two season TV show now. And, you know, it's obviously gone in its own direction that. But- that original book is like just a four-chapter series and there's like a super fun comic with it. That's a great release. I'll definitely yeah. pick it up.
1: Yeah, definitely recommend doing it. It's like 20 bucks or something Australian. Uh Yeah.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which...
1: Jump hit. Dun, dun, so, Shonen Jump. Ready Player One. <laughs> shonen Jump um, is, as we described, the most popular um, weekly manga magazine in Japan, <clears throat> um, featuring many series. It's uh, it's given us uh, some of the biggest known manga and anime anime properties of all time, including One Piece, Dragon Ball, and Naruto. Um, but only one of those big three is still being published in uh, in Jump today. Of course, we do have like weird spin-off series of uh, the other two. You've got Dragon Ball Super and um, Boruto, about the son of Naruto. Um, but they come out monthly. The weekly Shonen Jump um, has lots of other um, uh, different stories in it. And uh, Connor and I read... I definitely read more than Connor for once. Uh, of, yes. Of, of the Shonen Jump <laughs> series. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a, a YouTuber that Connor got me onto um, called Super iPatch Wolf, who each year does like a State of Shonen Jump video in which he goes through he goes through all of the, uh, like the top five bestsellers. Um, and I was very surprised to see that um, I think at the start of this year, the bestsellers, like you've always got One Piece in there, but for the first time in so long, um, the biggest seller wasn't One Piece. It was actually Demon Slayer. And um, I know what you're thinking, like, oh, wow, how great for Shonen Jump. They have two incredibly great-selling <laughs> manga ongoing. Well, unfortunately for, for Jump, at the height of its popularity, uh, Demon Slayer ended um, just a couple months ago. In fact, we, I recorded an episode of Serious Issues about the, fin- the final chapter. Um, and then shortly after that, um, another manga called The Promised Nether- Neverland, um, which was another bestseller in the top five, um, it too um, uh, had its final issue. And then the uh, another um, series that makes up the top five, Haikyuu, the aforementioned uh, volleyball sports manga series. It's um, very close to being f- has, has it already wrapped up. I think it's finished. Yeah, it did. Apparently, had a. Yeah, r- yeah. I haven't. Um,
2: um, I haven't finished it. I've like been watching the anime, but apparently, a really fantastic ending. So
1: that's good. Yeah. So it finished with chapter four hundred and two on uh, the twentieth of July. So, um of the uh top five biggest sellers for Shonen Jump um at the start of the year, the only ones that are still ongoing are One Piece, um which is currently enjoying like I even though I only read it uh at the start of last year, <laughs> I feel like this is the best the series has been in many, many arcs. Would you yeah, agree? like I
2: enjoy like whole I enjoyed Whole Cake Island and you know Dress Roaster, everything post that. You know, that was interesting, but this is like the most consistently good. Like I feel like the past three months like one piece hits trending on Twitter because you're just getting the hottest reveals every single week,
1: yeah, I mean, and look the reason you read these series are they like they are like the ultimate escapism. They are like just crazy, big adventure romps with wild cliffhangers, and all the characters are so lovable and strange and funny and uh, I just like one piece is like the epitome of that, and I love that there's no signs of it stopping anytime soon. Um, it's just always going to be there when I need it. Except this week. There was no new Shonen Jump this week. Um, The other other series that uh, is still being published um, is a Shonen series that I don't like, and that is called My Hero Academia, um, which is a very popular anime. um, And I understand why people would love it if they don't read any other manga or watch any other anime, but it just feels like for me, like a bad cover version of all the other Shonen manga I've, I've read. Um, I don't really like, I haven't latched onto any of the characters. I like the art, but I, the biggest thing is that that, that's like someone sold it to me as like, Oh, what if the X-Men was a manga? And I was like, that sounds great. But the X-Men, like you see the main characters, the students become heroes, like by the end of the first issue, we're like 300 chapters into my hero academia. And the main characters are never... It's almost like they're never allowed... They've still got their training wheels on. They're never allowed to be the actual heroes of their own series. And I just find it really frustrating and un- unfulfilling as a as a book, which I still continue to read every week it comes out.
2: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get it. It's kind of like the new generation's um, shonen to get attached to. And I, like, I've, I've watched a lot of shonen growing up, like when I was like 12 and first getting back into anime. So there's a lot of tropes, like even... There's just a lot of stuff, like, I'm like, I like what this is doing, but I've, like, seen it before and I'm not necessarily super into it, but I, like, I, like, especially don't like how female characters are written in, um, My Hero as well. Like, I find that pretty underwhelming and flat, but, you know, the designs are cool and the art has cool fights.
1: Yeah, like, I but I keep reading it because, like, I'm like, oh, this is popular for a reason, but I still just haven't connected with it. There were moments, I think, around like issue two, chapter two hundred, that I was enjoying it, which just sounds insane to hear myself say that. That I read so much of a thing I wasn't enjoying, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely not without its merits, and I understand why it's popular. I just don't. It just hasn't connected with me at all. Um, also, I am actually. If you a, want... I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, of the spinoff series, My My Hero Academia Vigilantes. Just because at least like the main characters in that are the heroes and get to be heroic, even though they're like right, they're vigilantes, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's and it's a fun world that, that my hero has set up. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you want um, manga
2: X Men, by the way, you should read Tokyo ESP.
1: Okay, sounds good. I'll add it to my two hundred strong list. <laughs> Um, there have been a few more recent series in Shonen Jump that have started. I mean, no one can really predict what are going to be the long-lasting, massive successes. Um, and certainly no one would have guessed um, a little manga called Chainsaw Man would be uh, in the running. But yeah. um, this is a series uh, by Tatsuki Fujimoto, um, who was most famous for... Um, um, Fire Punch? Fire Punch, which is like a, like not a, a manga for kids, right? No, no, it is. Uh, it is. It is nihilistic as hell, but cool. Um, Chainsaw yeah, Man horrible. Is, it is barely a manga for kids. It's. Uh, yeah,
2: it's. It's so funny what they can get away with. With the.
1: Well, I mean, sometimes they don't like they're a lot like one one cover of a Shonen Jump issue <laughs> totally wasn't yeah. wasn't allowed to be put on the app because it was too graphic, and it, just because it featured like two of the female characters on a bed together, um, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, so Chainsaw Man is about like a a, a kid who gets fused. With, he dies, and his his body fuses with a chainsaw demon. So when he turns into a demon, his head becomes a chainsaw, and his arms become chainsaws. Um, <laughs> and it is like it's it it leans into all of the shonen manga tropes. It's like it's violent, it's action packed. It's like the main character is like sex obsessed, um, and but it kind of is transcendent at the same time while it leans in and does a checklist of all the things you come to expect from Shonen series. Um, to the point where I know you read the first five chapters and you were like, I'm out, this sucks. I hate it. (laughs) And then I kept, I kept just being like, I promise you it's really good. You got to give it another chance. And when you finally did, I was so happy. And it, it is
2: definitely, I'm, I'd say top three and possibly the best, but we'll get to that. But, um, just like it, it, it's like what I didn't realize at first was um, that it would play with like the conventions. It starts off like super horny and super like basic, and it's like well-to-do kid just trying to do his best, and you know, also like adding in like the horn dog nature of a shonen jump manga. And <laughs> then before I knew it, like was the twelfth issue, and now we're on like the what fiftieth or sixtieth and well, eighty, is, 80 like, chapters in, yeah, eighty, yeah. And it is has some of the, like, most terrifying vi- uh, villains, some of the craziest designs, some of the, like, most, like, gripping and incredible fight scenes. And I, I love, like, the atmosphere and just, like, coming back to just how, like, intense and not, like, scary, but it's it's certainly, like, the stakes are high and the horror of what these characters do to each other is high as well.
1: Love it. Yeah, it's the biggest body count I've ever experienced in a Shona manga. And, like, don't get attached to any of the characters because (laughs) they might die horribly all of a sudden. Um, Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, Tatsuki Fujimoto is only 27 years old, too. Um, Damn, it's crazy to see such Such a young writer with such a great, two great series under his belt. Um, So, yeah, that's one of our favourites. Um, and I'm a big fan of Dr. Stone, which is 161 chapters deep and has a fairly successful anime. It's like a very silly kind of science-based shonen manga where they don't fight with, you know, their fists. They fight with science. And it's like, it's, it's so silly. It's over the top. It's set thousands of years into the future after um, all of humanity uh, turned to stone. <laughs> uh, it's... Have you have you read much of that? I really like it. Yeah, I, I
2: I bounced off it completely, but I think it's cool. I think it's I've, I think the idea of what if like shown in power ups, but instead it's science is is super fun.
1: Yeah, um, but then we have uh, I guess since like the end of last year, we've had a number of uh, of, of new series start up. Um, I've read at least the first chapter of almost all of them. Um, I don't know how like do you keep up to date with like how well received the new series because I I find even that part quite addicting um, when it comes to yeah no for
2: sure like um, especially since we saw a heap of cancellations like I feel like every month we get a new manga and then lose one and you know there's that kind of like false conception of like but not quite false of like the ranking and the order where they'll put it at like the start of the the magazine and that's like you're pretty high up and like There's even a lot of, like, controversy about their super archaic way about how, like, it's based on one volume sales, and if the first volume doesn't sell, I can just kill a series, and, you know, like, there's the fights over letting them have, like, a bit more
1: breathing room, and... And, like, a lot of these series are by new creators, but, like, you know, I, I mentioned that rugby series, um, which, you know, I, I, I'm not going to argue it. I, I, I'm not surprised that it didn't find an audience. So that that got cancelled um, at the end of last year, or the start of this year. But also alongside it um, was the cancellation of uh, the new series by the creator of Naruto, um, Masashi Kishimoto, um, his new series, Samurai 8, um, which uh, only lasted... Canceled, yeah. That I think it lasted like forty chapters or something like that, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I was like I was shocked. I mean, I I, I dropped off that very quickly because it was it was so it did just put way too much um, way too many words into into sh- into telling you about the world and and gave you no reason to connect to its characters. Um, but uh, look, let, let's let's stop focusing on the things that we don't like and focus on a few of the newer series that we that we like in in some cases love. Um, kaiju Number Eight uh, is only seven chapters in. Um, it's by uh, Naoya Matsumoto, um, and it's about a um, a guy in his twenties um, who, uh, when he was growing up uh, with his friend, uh, she and him made the made the decision that they were going to become grow up to become famous kaiju hunters um, because this is a world in which enormous monsters uh, roam all through Japan. And there's a task force dedicated to uh, to taking them down. And it's like uh, kaiju damage control. It's so fun. Well, so yeah, then the series is like get out of there. Instead of becoming a a hunter of these kaiju, he she becomes the the, like she joins the special force. But he becomes yeah like a a member of the cleanup squad. So once the kaiju are taken out, they have to like decompose the body and, and and fix up all the damage and haul away the bones. And I loved that aspect of it. And then at the end of the first chapter, he gets bit by a kaiju, and now he is a kaiju. Um, And so it is like a kind of like... He's got to hide the fact that he can transform into this enormously powerful monster, but he also has now decided to take the test to join the special kaiju force again. Um, And you meet all these great characters. It's so fun. It looks killer. Like all the the kaiju designs rule... This is a, a very, very strong start for this series. Oh, yeah. I like this. Like,
2: so the top three for
1: me is Chainsaw Man,
2: Spike's Family, um, and then this, which was like the wild card that released in Japan, and then we didn't get it for a few weeks, and then the app just dropped like four chapters in one day. Yeah. Now we get it weekly. It comes out on like a Thursday. So I'm not sure yeah, if what- it's being run through the magazine... Yeah, I don't know
1: Yeah, because same as Spy Family Which I talked about a couple episodes ago An excellent series about A spy who infiltrates a high school By adopting a girl (laughs) who can read minds And taking on a new wife who is an assassin And and also buying a dog who can predict the future Oh, the dog! (laughs) The dog! (laughs) Um, But uh, that comes out sporadically too On different days to the rest of the series So I think there must be different There are different Shonen Jump magazines, I think that um, would that would make sense. Yeah, I think there's like, young jump and then something else. But yeah, um, but uh, kaiju number eight. It's super early on, and I think it has like the staying power to be a beloved series. Um, just, I'm it's, it's super just...
2: scared this could get cancelled. But if it gets the time, it's it's take on like typical Shonen power ups and fights, and like you have like the main character is like a thirty something wash up with his kind of sarcastic but loving teen sidekick
1: I, I see for me this seems like such a no-brainer this, this, this just seems like such a one that would, everyone would love right or look I'm wrong? just
2: I'm just scared okay I'm just scared. have you lost want, have you lost some it.
1: beloved manga to, to cancellations like I what um,
2: I actually quite like the last Sayuki that was that was actually
1: quite good I'm just trying to remember what others but like we oh yeah the... that was quite recent that was the same time as uh, Samurai it got cancelled yeah and Beast Children which, you know, that was cute. <laughs> That's our, our weird kind, kind of gay rugby series. <laughs> um, uh, and then another one that I am very intrigued by, I, it, it goes up and down. One chapter will be excellent, the next chapter will be like, what the fuck? Um, is, uh, yeah, the, the series that I couldn't even remember the name of earlier in the episode. Um, and that is Time, Time Paradox, Paradox Ghost Rider. Um, and uh, it's a book about... Um, a mangaka who is struggling. He keeps submitting series to Jump editors, and they're like, "This sucks. You're not talented. Don't even bother." Um, but then his uh, microwave like explodes, and then and then gives him an, an an issue of Shonen Jump from a decade into the future, featuring a series called The White Knight, and then uh, which he reads, falls in love with, and then the the Shonen Jump. Issue disappears, so he decides that it's his duty to recreate this incredible manga from the future, and he does that. He submits it to his to the new, a new editor who loves it, and it becomes the best-selling like manga in, in Shonen Jump history. But he then meets someone who, um, who is a girl who actually um, the, it, she's the writer of that manga ten years in the future, um, and she is trying struggling to understand how, how he came up upon her idea and then it becomes like this whole thing where like he was sent back the, the the Shonen Jump from someone in the future who wanted to save that girl's life and it's like a battle between the two of them to create a more popular manga um, have you read much of this Connor?
2: I r- I've read all but this week's oh well no there is
1: no chapter this week so I'm up to
2: date
1: yeah well done what do you think?
2: oh my god what the fuck is this series I love it it is <laughs> I, I um, it's so stupid i um the conceit is weird but it is weirdly compelling um definitely I, don- I think not reading this week to week i like binged it last week um for the pod and that certainly helped but like it's 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 so stupid but i think it's sincerity shows
1: which is yes, the part totally that agree. keeps me invested yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, this like, is like I ended not up popular. liking
2: its like editors and their writers, and like I wasn't expecting that, but
1: yeah, totally. Apparently, this is not popular because the the main character um, isn't heroic. <laughs> I love that, like <laughs> like the Shonen Jump readership, and maybe this is the you know the manga readers that are. Uh, Ineo Asano was was talking about that he hates in Downfall but like you need then like people want that, that formula even though that might be boring to you and I now especially you given that you spent half your life reading it but like you know those typical Shonen Jump stories like I guess Black Clover is a great example of like you know someone who gets given powers and then you've got to level up and then you face a great enemy I mean I know that's what One Piece is too but like you know it uh it's I I love it when it, when something appears in Shonen Jump that's nothing like that. And this is a great example of that.
2: Yeah. I like and that's what I also like about like Spike's Family, and um Kaiju number 8. It's it's like I I always have fond memories for um you know, I mean we still read One Piece every week cuz it fucking rules and you know. Um I read Hunter X Hunter 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 don't want to lose my privileges, um, <laughs> whenever that drops. And, you know, I lo- I grew up loving Yu Yu show, I've got a big attachment to Bleach and all its broken glory, and he has a new series coming up this month. Maybe it might have been delayed because of COVID, but that's like Burn the Witch and I'm very excited for that. But, it, you know, like, it's nice to have something that still plays with conventions while also feeling fresh and new.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And And, like, it's it must be so crazy to you now as someone who's like who's grown up trying to read manga any way they can and like you know often that way only being illegal as hell to have shonen jump have this app now with almost everything they've ever published on it for you to read for you know three dollars a month must be insane right
2: oh yeah like the especially um I mean, don't admit, like, that. You know, it was a struggle to torrent manga back in the day, you know, what a <laughs> what a thing. But, like, um, I got into manga over comics, like, back in the day, generally just because it was far cheaper than comics, you know, and I liked anime. And that right. was, like, very appealing. But even then, the way we'd have series release, like, you Yu Hakusho came out in a manga in, like, the 2000s and then ran out of print and it's just never come back. But now you just read a little Hunter Hunter on the app and you don't have to buy, like, 30 volumes to take up your shelf, like... I love One Piece... You can't do that
1: with Hunt Hunter yet. Yeah, and like... Hunt Hunter's um, not on the app. (laughs) Is it? What? No, it's not. I I, I had to buy all those volumes. Oh, shit. But I bought them them digitally in a sale. Okay, well, that makes sense. But like, my
2: brother owns all the One Piece and it's 100 fucking volumes (laughs) over like several bookshelves. Like, I don't really want that. More than one It's nice just to have an (laughs) app.
1: Although, that said, they just put up um, images of uh, the first ever hardcover editions of One Piece. Oh. oh. And they look so <laughs> beautiful. I think I have to do it.
2: <laughs> but I, there is, like, other streaming services come out. Like, there's Futakaya, Fudu, which is, like, a Boys Love subscription. There's, like, Manga Planet and Manga Mo, which is a new, like, app store iOS one. And, you know, they have quite small, um, you know, quantities of manga. But, like, it's growing into a way to be, like... So much more available and legal, and grow the industry here even more. That's all. Yeah, cool. definitely.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, look, I hope we uh, we covered a few books that uh, everyone loves, and if we didn't, recommend it to me. I know I need to read Jujutsu Kaisen. I know it's something that people say is quite good. Um, I do yes, love the, read the first volume of that. I, I love the escapism of 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 uh, of, of shonen manga. So I, I will get around to it. I don't understand um, a lot of the comedy manga on shonen jump i just don't find it funny at all moraki um, like a mashall i'm like what is happening there yeah this is but I
2: also here even like black clover gets good like i think 30 volumes in or something stupid but apparently even that's quite good for an
1: action manga oh, i'm sure so- if you actually read it all like they're all actually no that said i didn't like i never really loved my higher academia so who knows <laughs> <laughs> um you know i like
2: even I never got stuff like The Promised Neverland, which I acknowledge is good, and like Dr. Stone or even
1: Demon Slayer. I think that would be so much if, fun to burn through now, that, now that all of those are, are up in their, in their full uh, run on the app. Just burning through all those from start to finish would be a ton of fun. Also, can I make a quick recommendation? Please. On this podcast.
2: Uh, if you do spend the two ninety nine for Shonen Jump, uh... In art, like, a uh, mangaka called Kaito has two series on there. Like, the first, um, chapter... The chapters of, like, Blue Flag come out as the volumes come out. And he had a previous sports manga in there called Manage, And they're both some of, like, the most, like, beautiful stories of, like, teenage love. And Manage is a sport manga about lacrosse and... Huh. It's super underrated and super beautiful. We spoke about that, and I remember I read through our messages, and I didn't even know what lacrosse was before I read it. But that's great. That is Cross just manage. a beautiful series. And then <laughs> Blue Flag, if you love, if you love a shoujo series, actually, that is a super refreshing and beautiful new take on like typical romance conventions with queer characters and really beautiful stuff. So Blue Flag and Cross Manager both on the app. And underrated. You should check them out with your two ninety nine a month.
1: Um. Also, if you are a fan of Dragon Ball and would love to see other series that Akira Toriyama has has written and drawn, there's so many great things he's done on there. Um. I loved um. Is it Jaco J G- J A C O, which is about which is actually that character is now in Dragon Ball Super. So uh, <laughs> really, um, don't read the manga until you've read the manga. Um, but. Yeah, there's there's so much great stuff on there. I always, like, scroll through the list of what's on there and be like, man, one day I'll read that. There's a, I still So do read... you keep up with Super? Yeah, I do, actually. Super okay. I, 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 and One Punch Man. Um, yeah, I, I read One Punch Man, um, Dragon Ball Super, One Piece, My Hero Academia. Um, what else do I read? Chainsaw Man, Dr. Stone, Spy X Family, My Hero Academia, Vigilantes... I know I need to read World Trigger at some point. HiQ, there's so many, a lot on there oh, yeah. that I that, that I uh, that I need to watch, but I will read. Ah, oh, that's too much. Thank you so much, Connor, for joining us again. Um, again, if you want to listen to uh, Connor's podcast, you can. It's called Wine Mums, and because we're Australian, we spell mums with a U. Um, um
2: if I may also, <laughs> um, if you are a big fan of um, fellow Serious Issues admin, um. Jake Fortier, actually Rebecca is also on the Wine Moms podcast, but Jake, um, <laughs> uh, Jake Denham and I are about to drop the first episode of our Star Wars podcast called Tales from the Holocron. So,
1: oh, awesome! If cool.
2: you uh, are a dumb nerd, maybe you'll be into that.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. Jake and Rebecca, the um, other two uh, admin on uh, the Serious Issues Facebook page, have both appeared on Wine Moms before. Um, so, go hear what they sound like there before they um, inevitably do an episode of Serious Issues in the future. Um, Ooh, you can, actually, you I can didn't find talk us-
2: about To Your Eternity, but Jake will talk about that, I'm sure. He has great thoughts on that. Super eloquent. Wh- so. Which one, sorry? To Your Eternity. What's that again? I'll leave that to him. Leave that to them.
1: What's To Your Eternity? To Your
2: Eternity, That that is um, manga by the woman who did uh, A Silent Voice that is like... Oh, cool. ...a really um, like a, like fantasy story about an immortal being thrown to earth as like a, like that can imitate other creatures that has to like learn and engage us through like these small sort of motifs of different characters, lives and death. And yeah. Awesome. It's, it's some raw shit, but I love it.
1: Okay, cool. Look, look more to that one, Jack. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Come join us over in the Serious Issues Facebook group, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues podcast. Again, thank you very much, Connor, for uh, allowing me to do this with uh, someone who is an even bigger weeb than I am and has been for all their life. (laughs) Thank you for enabling me in such a fashion. Um, We'll see you next week with Siobhan. And uh, until then, read lots of comics, read lots of manga, and we'll see you soon. Bye.